Hey, Andres. Hey, Nick. Are you a regional leader? Yeah. Are you a district officer? Yeah. Are you a district trainer? Yeah. Are you a club officer? Yeah. Are you brand new to Rotary? Yeah. Are you a member of Rotary? Yeah. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this episode is absolutely for you. In today's episode, we sit down with two great members from District 6000 to hear all about the training their district offers and how everyone can take advantage of the wonderful educational opportunities their district and Rotary provides. Enjoy. Quick disclaimer, as many of you know, I live in Arizona and it's pretty hot here right now. I had a fan going on for the first seven or eight minutes of this episode, so please disregard that in the background. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Things Rotary, a CDS podcast. Very excited for this next episode um, that we have today. After a short little break, with the end of the Rotary year and the beginning of the new Rotary year, things in our team get a little bit hectic. Um, so we missed a month or two in there, but we're excited to be back um, with, I guess, what you can call season three of this little project that we have going. And we have two very special guests with us today, as we always do. Um, we have Gretchen Nolman from the Rotary Club of West Liberty and Heidi Drager from the Rotary Club of Marshalltown. So if either of you don't mind, or if both of you don't mind just kind of introducing yourself, telling us a little bit about maybe where you're from and how you got involved with Rotary, that would be fantastic. We'll start with you, Gretchen. Hi, I'm uh, Gretchen Nolman, and I have been in Rotary, um, this is starting my seventh year, and I have been our district's um, educator uh, for the last two years, um, and I um, joined Rotary because I wanted to help others and do service, and it was the club that was there locally that really, we do a lot of stuff uh, locally for our community, but um, our district is heavily involved in a lot of different things. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. Heidi. Uh, hi, my name is Heidi Dricker, and I'm a member of the Rotary Club of Marshalltown, Iowa. I joined in January of 21, and that was, I had previously uh, been involved with Rotary through my husband, who's been involved for many years. So it just kind of was a natural fit for me to finally join and become an official Rotarian. So, so if, if you don't mind me asking, um, how long had your husband been a member of Rotary before you had joined? He joined in uh, uh, 2000, I believe. Got it. Okay. So a little bit, a little bit. What, uh, what finally pushed you over the edge and, and got you to join? He's a district governor elect for district 6,000. So I'm, I'm doing a lot more rotary stuff than I used to. <laughs> Got it. Love it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's, it's fun to have these types of, you know, leadership opportunities and it definitely gets you exposed to, you know, a whole new world of rotary. That's what I always love. Whenever I go and speak to clubs, I, I always love highlighting the fact that like rotary is a global organization and if you're, you know, a member of the Rotary Club of whatever kind of, you know, wherever you are, and maybe you don't understand that beyond the district, there's a zone and beyond the zone, there's a region and beyond the region, we have this whole, you know, worldwide network of Rotarians. So just to plug, if you do have the opportunity, we are, aren't going to talk much about uh, Rotary International trainings, but if you do have the opportunity to all our listeners to get to a Rotary convention, 
they are fantastic. It is a great way of really seeing the global or the global. I don't. That's not a word. I was going to say globality. Um, just how the worldwide aspect of Rotary, and it's really really cool. So I'm glad that you had that opportunity there, Heidi. I'm glad glad that you were able to join. Um, but let let's dive in. So today the topic that we want to really discuss is district training and the opportunities um, that that members of Rotary and members of a district have to really receive really great training. And I know it kind of differs based on each district. Um, both Heidi and Gretchen are from the district, I believe it's 6,000, um, which is in Iowa. And so we're going to kind of get your perspectives on your uh, the types of trainings that you have in your district. So first and foremost, uh, Gretchen, I love how you call yourself an educator instead of a trainer. Um, can you give a little bit of background as to why that's the route your district kind of went with? Yeah, so actually um, we had a longstanding, Ron Heideman was our district trainer for over 10 years uh, before I took over. And actually my first year um, in, it was still called a trainer, um, but halfway through the year, uh, that district governor, Steve Dakin, decided to change that title and say, no, we're educators. We're, we're not trainers. We're not we're not training animals, we're educating people um, about leadership and services and, and what Rotary is all about. So, you know, that was the route that got started, um, you know, two years ago, essentially, uh, that it got changed to an educator, which I think it sounds a lot better <laughs> than just saying that you're a trainer. Um, and it kind of just stuck then um, with Alco last year um, and our current um, district governor, Steve Winicky, um, he's a big person in education. So um, it was really important to make sure that we had, you know, the right titles, the right even job descriptions now, of what each position does um, and how we're leading everybody within our district. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually, before I worked for Rotary International, was a high school Spanish teacher. And so as an educator, I love the idea of being an educator um, for Rotary. And I think that's so true. It's all about educating and kind of sharing that knowledge with other individuals within the district. So that's great. I think that's an awesome way of approaching this. How long have you been an educator for? Is this your first year or? Uh, this will be starting my third year and uh, we're working on succession plans so that we don't always have someone in for 10 years like our past one. Not saying that that is a bad thing by no means, but it's always good to have that new um, fresh look on that education side of stuff um, and new ideas bred in. Absolutely. And, and that's such a great way of being inclusive as well. And like, you know, making more opportunities for different people to kind of come in and, and, and try different um, roles within the district. And it doesn't mean that you have to go away. I mean, you can still participate and help and have different roles, but giving more opportunities, I think is really, really cool. So I'm actually relatively new to being a member of Rotary myself. Um, Heidi, similar to you, I've worked for Rotary for four years and only in the past couple months have I actually joined a club. Um, and so I joined an e-club and my district is technically in San Francisco where I live in Arizona and so nowhere close. So I don't get to go to many district trainings um, with my particular district. So if you could just like either one of you kind of briefly describe what are the different types of trainings that your district offers for Rotarians? So, and Heidi, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, in the past few years, we've always had um, what we call the One Rotary Summit in the fall, which is now changed um, this coming year to say One Summit instead. Um, in the past, it's always um, been in person. Um, we try to invite not just our leadership positions, but everybody within our district to come, especially um, getting those new members 
um, like yourself, like Heidi, that haven't been in a Rotarian that long um, so that they can be educated on what membership is, what public image is, what the foundation is and how it all ties together and what Rotary uh, you know, is made up of between those three pillars, as we say. Um, and obviously since COVID, uh, we've, we've had it virtual this year, we're still doing it virtual and it actually seems to help out, uh, due to some schedule conflicts, I think, you know, um, still trying to get out of that a little bit. Um, and then the other educational events that our district does, um, obviously, uh, at the national kind of zone level, we have, uh, what we call zone Institute that a lot of our district leaders go to. Um, and myself being a district, uh, educator, I get to go as a district trainer training on that. Um, but there's also different things for your treasurer, your secretary, uh, your public image chair, your membership chair. Um, and, and that's more of the, the leadership training. Um, but then throughout the year, obviously your district trainer is available to help with any questions that somebody might have and might reach out on that aspect. But in the spring, we always do, um, a pre pets training, uh, for our AGs and our PEs and our PNs to come and join. So they're getting prepared to go to the big rotary training of NC Pets. Um, we're up in the north central part of that uh, with five other districts. So it's kind of neat that it's not just our own district alone. We partner up with other districts um, teaching, you know, those new leaders coming in. Um, and so that that's part of it. And then um, the other thing our district does too is a spring assembly. Um, they used to call it... I think just a spring assembly. And I think now we're calling it the spring education assembly. Um, we've tried to change up the name on it, make it more inviting. Um, and it's, it's similar to one summit, um, but maybe a little bit more in depth, but it also prepares everybody for the following year's information. Um, as an example, when we had it this past spring, uh, more of our, you know, DGE at the time had ran most of the meeting, had it all planned out. He really wanted to share what his plan was going to be. Um, and open it up to everybody, wanted everybody within the district to at least send somebody um, from their club to be represented. So, you know, this next year, as Heidi was saying, you know, she's the lovely wife of our DGE that he gets to plan the whole thing. So that means to me, she gets a lot of say in that and, and gets to help them because um, that's kind of our standing joke in our, in our district that our district governors um, are always very thankful for their significant others to be a part of that. So, um, but I think that's most of the training, but um, I might have missed something, Heidi. I don't know. I think I would mention that I like that zone added for this year is future leadership. So um, in addition to all those other groups that you talked about, um, they're opening it up to having people that are, are interested in doing future leadership haven't already stepped into those roles such as trainer or you know, the treasurer or any of those things. Very cool. So for the future leadership training, is that uh is that for people who have already been assigned a different uh, role or an officer, or is it just anyone who's interested in leadership? So my understanding is if you wanted to just go to zone, you could sign up for that. Do you agree with that Gretchen? But I think that yes. our, mm -hmm. our current district governor, Steve Winicky is planning to identify somebody to, to fill that role for our district if nobody else has done it. So. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. So it sounds like, um, and I think this is the case in most districts is there's certain trainings that are very specific towards certain roles. Um, like you said, like the pre-pets and then obviously the pets training. Um, and then there's different trainings that are a little bit more open to the, the general membership, um, which I think you said was the first one, which was virtual. Um, remind me again, Gretchen, what the name of that one was. Yeah, that was called one summit. Um, if you've been on rotary, 
you always used to know it as one rotary summit. Um, this is the first time uh, that they've changed it just to say one summit. Uh, so it sounds a little bit more inclusive. They say a better branding side of it. I mean, we all kind of know it. We have the mistake of us that's been in rotary for a while to say a one rotary summit. So I'll be honest, as an educator, it's a little hard to get used to saying just one summit when you're used to saying, you know, the name rotary within your stuff. Um, but in the past, it's always been um, in person. And I know next year we're hoping to have it in person. I'm trying to find just better dates that will work with everybody's schedule. I think in the past, honestly, it's been on a Saturday when we've held it in person um, and just trying to coordinate some other things of why we want people to come. It's not just a, you know, a one and done thing, make it more appetizing. Maybe it's a, you know, a dinner beforehand the night before come and hang out, do some fun rotary project or, or something along those lines so that you get that better attendance and stuff. So. Yeah, that's something that I've, I've, I'm really interested in hearing a little bit more about as well is like, how do you motivate individuals to go to these trainings? Um, you know, you if somebody, if I'm a president elect, I mean, the motivation is I don't want to get to my year not knowing anything, right? If I'm, you know, in some of these specific roles, but for the other more general roles or general situations where you're just trying to get your district membership to come, um, how do you motivate that? So one thing that we're um, actually doing this year for our one summit is we actually recorded a podcast similar to this, a little nice, small commercial. Nice. Yeah. Thanks to our um, PA, Sean Mullen. He um, was really excited. He came up with the idea, but what we tried to really focus in on usually one summit, you know, wants you to focus on maybe two or three different situations, have some breakout sessions, um, talk about different things. Um, what we did for our district this year and what we're planning on doing is we chose one subject um, one topic specifically to talk about. And it actually aligns with our district governor's one big goal um, of uh, food insecurity. And so we're going to talk about that topic and how, you know, as Rotarians within our district, how can we get this done? How can we promote and help food insecurity? Um, you know, how does your membership play a part in this? How can you get that out word-wise? How can your foundation, you know, with community service grants help with um, that? So our, our podcast promotion is, you know, reasons why we want you to come to talk about food insecurity. We're going to help you make a plan with it and how it correlates and what you can take back to your, to your club. A little bit of a, I guess, advantage that um, we have within our district is I'm also on the zone level of education and public image. And uh, our zone put out a rotary challenge for the year that talks about different things of how to promote your events right and how do you get your membership boosted and how do you get members involved um, and there's little checklists that we kind of are going to use from this rotary challenge at our one summit and we mentioned that within our our uh, podcast actually when we recorded it to tell people hey we're going to talk about this we're going to make it fun and exciting and we're going to make it short um, you know we've had complaints in the past that our one summit was too long no one wanted to come it was boring um, you know no detail I didn't get anything from it so um, it's not just myself on the training team. I mean, um, Heidi and Dennis are involved in it. We have our education action team that I think there's 13 of us putting this together and coming up with, you know, questions specifically, you know, related to each of, you know, the membership, the PI, the foundation, and how does that all correlate and why do people want to come and why do they want to talk about it? So that way then they can go with a, a plan for it and not just, oh, we listened to another meeting. It really wasn't that involved. We're not going to do anything. We really have tried to put our heads together. Um, to make it worthwhile for everybody and, and start that plan for them. So nice. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think that's one of the things that we've seen uh, globally just in, in with Rotary in general, like with the formation of new clubs, um, this kind of idea of very, being very specific, uh, you know, kind of a cause based mission. And, and so having a training around a specific cause 
Um, it's really fascinating. Heidi, you're relatively new to the rotary world and with, uh, you know, with, with these new trainings, I know yours is a little bit different situation because you're, you know, so connected with your spouse being a district governor elect, but how have you, like, how has the trainings been for you as kind of a newer member? Like, has it been overwhelming? Have they been educational? Have they been informative? How have you enjoyed them? Um, I think the educational opportunities are tremendous. Uh, Gretchen does a great job with her team. Uh, I did attend virtually the one, one Rotary Summit last year, which is now one summit. And uh, it was a great conversation. There were some really good conversations in the breakout room that I was in. I'm really looking forward to what this year looks like. I will mention a few years ago that Tom Narek's here, he did a DVD that he sent out to the clubs instead of actually holding an in-person meeting. So that was another interesting approach. I, I really, I'm always blown away by all of the different opportunities to, to learn about different uh, issues and ways to help people. And the, <clears throat> the, the subject matter, if you, if you can't find a passion in Rotary to hold on to and, and, and do something better than you're not looking very hard is, is kind of my philosophy. I like that. So you're, you're kind of just, yeah, you're finding this, uh, you know, the, the different reasons to go. And you're saying that like in these trainings, you're going to find those passions and find out how you can kind of pursue them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I was going to mention uh, for our upcoming one summit our club is actually putting together a watch party. So we're going to try and gather like 15, we've added about 25 new members in the last year to our club because we have opened an alternative meeting time. So we're gonna try and gather everybody in a group setting to watch together so that we can get them interested that way too. Yes, awesome. Mm -hmm. Thanks for reminding me about that because I wasn't yeah. sure. Sure. I know Bonnie had talked about that. Yes. So I was wondering if that was going to happen or not. So it, it was talked about last night at our meeting. So <laughs> awesome. Good to hear. So that, I mean, that, that leads into like a perfect question of like, how do, how do you, how do, and this is for both of you, obviously, but like, how, do, how do districts navigate uh, this ch ever changing world, like with managing time and like making it more uh, accessible, whether it be virtual or, you know, in person, uh, Gretchen, you mentioned that like, people didn't want to spend a whole day or maybe two days at a training. So how, how are you kind of finding that sweet spot with like the timing and, and the way you're offering the trainings? Um, I mean, the big thing is, is, you know, trying to get the dates out there far enough in advance um, so people can get it on their calendar um, and then getting the right people uh, from the leadership side of just on those action teams as our district calls it and just start the planning process. And it, it might be a lot of pre-work sometimes from, uh, the chair maybe of that action committee's team, but getting, keeping it organized and keeping it on track um, and making sure that, you know, what are the things that you're wanting to educate to people and why do we want these people to come and, and how do we find it attractive? So when we put that leadership action team together, you know, it's finding the right people of different backgrounds, different varieties, different aspects within the district so that you get all, you know, you try to hit all the points of what are we not going to miss so that we can get everybody in tune and incoming and stuff. So. The challenges with our district is it's a little bit large. It's not by any means the largest district out there, but ge geography-wise, we span the lower half of Iowa for the most part. So um, the central most point is still an hour and a half to two hour drive for some people. And 
and just even finding locations for people to get to for those educational opportunities and how and lodging and all of that stuff. So yep, getting all of that stuff planned ahead of time is is interesting. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely districts out there. Like, for example, I support, um, you know, District 5390. It's Montana, like the state Montana. <laughs> and so, or like 5420s, Utah, like just the entire state, right? And so, there, that's definitely a challenge getting, you know, wanting to have these educational opportunities, but understanding that some people might have to drive four, five, six hours um, to get to a training. Um, I know you guys offered uh, virtual trainings before and you're doing it currently. Have you, have you tried a hybrid aspect for training? Yeah, we did actually this past spring, we did a hybrid option. Um, and I would say that we had maybe 60 in person and probably 15 to 20 online, give or take. Um, and it worked out really good, actually. You know, we even had um, breakout sessions. And I think um, because of our two breakout sessions, more people wanted to go to membership because that was a big ploy last year was, you know, bring one, you know, member and, and gain one and all that fun stuff that more people went to the, the membership breakout because I remember I ran the, the PR one. And uh, we didn't have anybody on the on the hybrid side of it. So it actually made it go a little bit quicker, I felt like. But I know there was a lot of good benefits um, from people joining online. They were very gracious to be able to have that opportunity. Um, and I think it goes pretty well. I mean, you know, you need a lot of IT support for sure. You need to make sure that people know what IT um, means that you need. Um, and it seems to be a very much of an ever-changing world that new things are always coming out to support that stuff. So. Yeah, good points. Kind of going forward, any I'd, I'd actually love to hear a little bit from you, Heidi, specifically, just because you're newer to um, Rotary and kind of newer to these trainings. Was there anything whenever you first started going to the Rotary training trainings that kind of surprised you or that were different or more unique than maybe other trainings with other organizations, companies, whatever it may be, um, that you've experienced before? Oh, uh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> I... I'm always impressed by Rotarians because they're always just so welcoming and so encouraging. And, um, you know, they, they truly understand that we're all working together to, to do whatever, make a, whatever change is important to us. And you meet so many neat people. Um, all of the different events I've been to over the years with Dennis, they're also different because they're, they're organized and run by these teams and they're um, the vision of whatever district governor is in office that year. So it's, it's really interesting to just watch the different, um, different processes, I guess. This past year, our district conference was an all Iowa conference combined with our neighbors to the north, which is 57, 5970. 20, 5970. I'm like, I, I, it's the okay. book's right here, right next to me. <laughs> and, oh, good. <laughs> and that was really interesting to see how different they did stuff from, from how we did stuff um, and what they included or didn't include in their district conference versus, versus what we do. So it just, it's, it's really interesting to, to see all the, the different ways things can be done and achieved. Yeah, I like that sharing, you know, different ideas and, and learning from each other. Um, and seeing how other people do it, which is why we do things like this podcast to hear about the different things that, you know, some districts are doing. So um, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, I'd love to hear from each, each of you individually. If you had kind of a suggestion, like what would be your recommendations for, you know, a member who's interested in being more involved with their district in their, in their educational trainings? Like what would you recommend that they do to kind of prepare and how to get more involved? 
I can start with that. Um, I number one visit rotary.org. There's so much information on there. So many ways to learn um, different things that you can do within Rotary. Talk to your district leaders, make sure somebody knows, talk to your club leaders and your district leaders so that they know you're interested in, in doing more within uh, your club and within your district and um, even internationally. So, And I'll tag on to that too, that I think my Rotary, um, since they revamped it, I will say for sure it used to be an old dinosaur. It was not very fun when I first started seven years ago. It was like, oh no, no one wanted to be on it. Why do you want to be on it? Um, but since they revamped it, and and I think they were all forced to do that a few years back, um, that it's very more user-friendly, very easy to get into, um, and you have lots of training out there. Uh, the learning center itself just got revamped here in the last year, uh, I think maybe even less than that, and it's really beneficial. Um, I know that I directed a couple new um leaders within the some clubs uh, for some treasuries and secretarial stuff that they had questions on what the do's and don'ts are. Um, even, you know, directing people to the brand center for public image, um, just to make sure that they understand, you know, what are the, you know, what is Rotary? What's the right um, club logo I should do and, and how to do those things. Um, it's just, it's so much more user-friendly. So that's usually where I tell a lot of people to go out to is make sure you have a My Rotary account. And if you don't, you know, go talk to, you know, your, your, president or your president life, and they'll get in contact with the right person. You know, maybe it's that president has to go talk to their AG and figure out, you know, who, who's the best guru in our district to help out, you know, that member and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's what I would recommend too. And I just want to point out to our listeners that uh, Gretchen and Heidi were not paid by Rotary International. <laughs> this is not a pre-planned um, plug for my Rotary and the Learning Center and Brand Center. This was purely organic. <laughs> so yep. thank you so much for, for the love. Yeah, but it's a great point. Um, I mean, if you can't make some of these district trainings, the Learning Center, our learning and development team really does a fantastic job. There's so many different courses and educational opportunities on there. Um, and then of course, for those in-person or very regional specific, please get in touch with your district trainers um, or educators, if that's what they're going by. And um, yep. and just your district leadership and or your club president, just see what's out there. Um, kind of like you mentioned, Heidi, it, you just got to find your passion and there's definitely going to be a way for you to pursue that through these trainings. So Gretchen and Heidi, thank you so much for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you joining and uh, sharing your thoughts on this topic. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of All Things Rotary, a CDS podcast. Please feel free to share, rate, and review this episode. And then we'll see you on the next one.